Welcome back to The Unpolished with your hosts, Angela and Kendall. Let's get into it, shall we? Welcome back. Uh, We had a conversation with our friend Leah. We opened up our question boxes and asked what you guys were interested in for a candid conversation about motherhood. This is something that we really wanted to hear. And so we opened it up. We're all three mothers in different circumstances. And so this is just us collectively kind of talking about our thoughts around what you guys asked. So here we go. Let's do it. A cool little aside. I've known Leah since we were in grade school. So it's been really fun to link up with her in motherhood and just happen to have this alignment. She's been along for the ride when uh, we were doing our course and different things. And so it's just been fun that we each have two little kiddos and we're just trying to make it work. And here is our stab at some of the things that you guys asked us. Let's go. We haven't really talked about motherhood a ton on this podcast. And so we're really excited to get into it. Honestly, we really want this to be a series where we talk to different moms about different questions. So here's what we're talking about today. Redefining having it all, how to connect with your partner and work with them in parenting, being intentional with your time and resources for the life you want. And this includes in and out of kids, Um, missing pre-kid life and ways you've expanded in motherhood. So we're just going to kind of flow through it and talk about our honest thoughts, like the things that we wish moms were talking about. Essentially, we just wanted to be creating the podcast we would want to listen to as mamas. So let's get into it. So I think that a big myth in motherhood is this idea of having it all, especially right away. So I feel like there's this urge and push and immediacy that we see Mm -hmm. in other mothers or in our communities or online or whatever of people just jumping right back into their life without missing a beat as if like your rhythm isn't completely destroyed the first time that you have a baby and anytime you add another to your house and so something that's been helping me along this way I think that I saw this tip on a TikTok or something but picking a theme word for the day instead of trying to Mm. hit on all cylinders it'll be like you can be like okay today I can either be a productive mom a patient mom a playful mom and just choose one that I have to create every dinner from scratch and I'm also having to make sure that they are getting social time and did they get enough tummy time and am I being a present partner and all of these things it's really just impossible and humbling to um redefine what you consider success as a mom I Mm -hmm. feel like as somebody that was climbing a corporate ladder for a portion of my life there was a very like cut and dry way that I looked at success and it was all about like promotions and moving up and having more people on my team and it was just this really easy to see on a graph of like what I considered success and then with motherhood it's like harder to have some quantitative value there of like how we doing I'd argue success shouldn't ever be quantitative, but I coming from a structure like that and then entering into motherhood where you have these like maybe preconceived notions of what it is to be a successful mother and then not hitting these notions that you created in your head. It just, the whole experience can be really humbling and exhausting. So picking a themed word for the day has really helped me. And then another quote that I heard that was like, if you're parenting the way that you want to parent, of the time, that's what your kids are going to remember. It's just impossible to parent the exact way that you want. And also um, letting yourself, well, hold on, this is a separate thought, but letting yourself and your parenting style evolve has also been really helpful to me. I feel like there's this, this whole push to put a labeling on the type of parent that you are. I'm a gentle parent or authoritative parent or a parent that uh, values outside time and like and to sink your teeth into this way of looking and labeling yourself that can be really stifling. And so instead, just letting yourself evolve as a natural parent has really helped me too. And like quieting out the noise of all, if you're going to be a gentle parent, this is what you need to do. And like being so much less regimented about it has I'm dying allowed- because the way you said labeling sounded like labia. Oh, oops. Like labia, labeling, <laughs> labeling yourself. <laughs> oh, whoops. I mean, topical. <laughs> no, I loved it. <laughs> topical, topical. Yeah. And I would love to hear from you, Leah, because to give you a little background, our friend Leah um, 
is working full time, has two littles and like young kids. And I would love to know what that looks like for you as you've evolved, you know, working um, at a very high level um, in your career and then transitioning into balancing that with motherhood. How has that affected how you view having it all? Absolutely. It's so funny because I can't pretend to have it figured out. I actually recently had a conversation with a friend at work who's also a mom that like basically I called in tears at one point and she was the one that really pushed to me like, wait, you need to think what does having it all mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially because I think, so, and I don't know where this comes from. Does it come from movies? Does it come from social media? But this idea of this woman that she's like a CEO and she's perfectly dressed and she gets ready in her beautiful bathroom in the morning and she picks up her baby and kisses the baby and they have this amazing relationship. And then she sees her sweet husband, like everything falls in line. Like this, this idea that you can truly do it all, you know, you wrap all the Christmas presents and it's perfect. Yeah. And I, I think it honestly started before I even had kids, you know, I thought, oh, I can work out every day and have the perfect body and and succeed at work. And I kind of came to my friend and said, I'm suffering. Like I, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm in senior leadership in digital marketing. It's a, it's a full-time job plus some, depending on what's going on at work. And yeah, Leah's, Leah's putting it lightly. This girl <laughs> hustles harder than almost anyone I know, kids or no kids. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's just tough because I was like, Hey, why do I feel so awful? <laughs> I feel miserable I feel like I'm not hitting in any department like why I I, I want to have it all I why can't I be a CEO and be a mom mm-hmm. and she actually checked me and said you need to really rethink what having it all means you know is having it all to you have being a CEO like that's that's your definition is your have it all that you always have time and space for your kids and that you know that's your number one priority because that may not have the same steps as your, you know, power, career uh, mom, you know? And I think as moms, Mm -hmm. we all make different choices. There is no, what's right for Angela is different from what's right for me, which is different for you, Kendall. And I I mean, I'm, I'm on that journey of trying every day to figure out what does that all mean? And frankly, too, I think, we can all feel like we're in a rush. So you think if I'm not making progress right now, I'm not going to make my goal. But the truth is like, this is just right now. This is just your season. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that when your kids are older that you might achieve something different. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I love how you you are saying that in regards of like, it is just a process of, I, I don't think we like end at this like figured it out stage. Like, you know, even when you see moms like later on down the line, they're like, I just <laughs> threw spaghetti at the wall and saw what stuck. Like, you know, you're just constantly trying to figure out and balance what is important to your life in the current evolution of it and what is important and right. what you value. Well, and for me, having it all has been more when I really stopped to think about it, you know, it, it comes closer to me to feeling whole spiritually, mm. feeling in tune with my kids. When I, when I think about what I want my kids to think about me, you know, and they're looking back, I don't want them to think like, oh, mom was always rushing off to work. Mom was always stressed. I actually grew up with my mom working and being very stressed. And so, so many times now as a parent, I have these moments of major empathy for the things that probably mm. hurt me when I was little. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, she was just totally dysregulated. I don't even know if I ever felt overstimulated, quote unquote, overstimulated before I had children. Like I was always riding around with the music blasting really loud. Like there was no such thing as being overstimulated in my world. I, I feel like I was probably overstimulating everyone else. And I, I just have so much empathy for that moment when you, you just feel totally dysregulated in your space and that affects your kids. So yeah. I've really had to turn my priorities around and think about how can I make myself whole today to make sure that I can show up the right way that I want to show up um, in these spaces, like with my husband and my family. 
And isn't it so cool? Like, I know one of the things we were going to talk about is ways you've expanded in motherhood, but isn't it so cool the way you, before you have kids, of course you have other people in mind you want to serve and that you want to love on and whatever, but there's something about having kids that makes you take care of yourself in a way that you can show up for other people. Like that's kind of the last thing on the list is taking care of yourself, but you'll actually reorient your life in a healthier way to show up better for other people, you know? And I think that that's so, you know, beautiful of you are redefining your values so that you can be a better person for your kids. Oh, hundred percent. You know? At the hundred percent, because at the end of the line, when you like want, you know, like this is kind of grim, but like when you think about your funeral, like what do you want people to say about you? You don't want them to be like, mm-hmm. you know, she really just kicked ass at work. Like you yeah. really want people to be like, oh, she was, she was giving and she was loyal and she was kind, like all of those things that you really think about that you want to be. You, I think that's the stuff that you have to reconnect with as a mom, because you simply just don't have time. Like your coffee pots are going to be perfectly clean and the laundry perfectly folded and your outfit on point and your kids perfectly happy and healthy. And your husband, ha- like that's just not possible. So at any given time you have to drop a ball and it's up to you, which ones you want to drop. And I think it's funny. I mean, mom martyrdom is common, right? We all end up at the, the bottom of the list, but I think having that pulse with sense of self And whatever fills you up, whether that be comfort for your body or exercise or even something spiritual, like you, you have to put that back in the balance. And I think likewise, on the other side, when you're a mom and you see a mom show up for you, you're like, oh, wow, this is a, yeah, yeah, she added, she worked me in and I know she has so much on her plate. Yes. I agree. Uh, Kendall and I have talked about how humbling it was to become a mom and like think about every person that we know has been birthed from a mom and what they've gone through. And it's just this uniting experience. And also, if you're listening and you don't have kids yet, and you're just interested to hear motherhood forces your hand. And I don't want you to be scared about that, but it like it forces you to look your life in the eye. And as much as it's humbling, it's so rewarding and redeeming to really understand and like strip down what you care about and what's going to stay and what you're going to leave behind. And like Leah had mentioned, like everything is a season. So um, an overarching theme of just knowing things will be temporary can really help get through a time that feels like it's never going to end like each season is fleeting and early parenthood is all that I've experienced so far and it has like wrecked me a thousand times over um and at the same time given me such meat and like power behind the things that I want to do and purpose and drive and fulfillment and all the things that plenty of moms are going to tell you but it's not even something that I was conscious that was happening it just motherhood forces your hand and so In the same way that I think any new challenge does, like, you know, when you start a new job, how like overwhelming that is because you're learning all these new systems or, you know, when you get married or you move somewhere or like any kind of big life change just shakes up the system. And you're like, okay, let me try to lay these pieces down in a way that works for this new life or this new phase. And I think exactly what you're saying, Angela, of like, all of us on this podcast have only experienced mothering children four and under. So we're still just like fresh trying to figure out this balance and what this new phase is for us. And I think we're all three of us are in a situation where we're like, okay, thousand percent worth it. Cause someone put in the DMs, they were like, um, uh, hi, I'm not a mom, but I just want to know, like, is it worth it? And it it was like so funny because my gut reaction was like, absolutely. And I like, you almost wish there was more conversation of not like, here's how to be the like perfect Pinterest mom. You're like, I just want other moms to be like, yo, this is hard, right? Like, like um, in also, this, you know, also being more honest about there are times there are whole like weeks that go by where I mourn the life that I had before kids. And I don't feel embarrassed or ashamed about that. I think that that is natural and, and way more common than people talk about. I love my kids with everything that I have. And yet at the same time, I crave my autonomy and my freedom and the way that I like bounced around life on someone else, like no one else's timeline, just my own. 
I miss those things all the time. And sometimes it's harder than others. And other times it's like, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. But I think both are a part of the story. And it's not that like, I, you get to a place in motherhood. And in my opinion, where that's just like completely gone. It's just Mm -hmm. like, it just depends on the stage that you're in, like body training, like cooked me, (laughs) body training, like cooked me and other, and other moms find that a breeze. Um, same will go with like infant stage. Every mom's going to have a stage that also like hits them in a more vulnerable spot, I think. Mm -hmm. But, um, overall, yeah, go ahead. So yeah, no, sorry. I just, I'm wondering like in y'all's opinion, where does this idea of having to have it all like where do you think this comes from if everyone as mom as a mom is suffering in this area of like balancing all the balls how are we collective collectively still buying into this idea of having it all gosh like where do you where do you think that comes from like do you think it is social media where like maybe someone has one ball that's like very like their polished ball like they've got the ball but we're seeing everyone's most shiny ball and so we assume I think like, that's part of oh, it. Oh, we need to have all the also, shiny balls. Yes, I think that's part of it. And then celebrities like booking a project like right after they had a have a baby. Um, that's like common, commonly talked about as if it was just like beep boop back to work. Um, also, and I'll just speak from my own experience. Sometimes I feel like past generations are so far out from this stage that they're just like, ah, we just made it work and it was fine. Like the, the some of the advice that is from grandparents or like people that are like really far removed from early parenthood. Um, I don't think intentionally, but possibly minimize like the time, the quote bounce back time. Cause I don't ever think it's a bounce back. I think it's like a slow, gradual return to self. Well, and what's yeah. I'm saying comparison is the thief of joy. I think it's human nature to compare. And I mean, I can't tell you, I have a close friend that just had her first baby and I can't tell you how often she tells me that, it looks like uh, this is all a breeze for me. Um, and I will say like having your second is an inherently different. Like I, if I could build a time machine mm-hmm. to Leah pre-baby, any baby, and then go back to the first and give myself advice. It's, it's like, there was so much I could say, but I don't know that it could ever sink and you could never truly be prepared. And so it, I think it's, a lot of it comes from looking around and seeing what someone else has, which can be so, so damaging um because but that's what i'm saying like if someone comes i have two young children they're literally throwing food right if someone comes to my house i'm like manically trying to look like my life is together before they come over like all right let me clean everything up let me whatever and it's like it just perpetuates like you want to be above judgment as a mother but it also perpetuates that it's easier for someone else when they walk into my house and they're like oh everything is like in order oh totally it's so funny but it's like but this isn't how this is on a tuesday at 2 p.m like it's freaking world war three in here that's right it's so funny it's just like such a a topical season thing because i think christmas and holidays can drive that too like you have the perfect image or the the way you want it to feel and life just truly isn't always that romantic um and you you have to choose like it's funny my husband and I were bickering the other day about Elf on a Shelf because he wants to do it. And I was like, no. I can't add another thing no. to my plate. Yeah. I the answer have, is no. Yeah, I'm not going to have something to do, an assignment every day. I have too many assignments. I have to wrap the, and I, and it's weird. I like to wrap the gifts. He offers to help to wrap the, wrap the gifts. He is so giving in that department. Like he's cooking, he's cleaning, he's ready to wrap a gift. I'm like, I will not let you wrap that gift because it's going to look like crap. And I know that's silly, but it's like, okay, if I'm going to uphold the gift wrap needs to look nice, then like, I can't be supporting this freaking elf guy uh, and yeah. like, figuring out if he's going to be swimming in marshmallows <laughs> tomorrow morning because it's going to make me go crazy. Yeah. Also, side note, how about we do elf on the shelf where the husbands like drop little gifts for the wife every day? Can we rebrand yeah. that? Yeah, for real. We're, yeah. yeah like I... here's your elf with an iced coffee waiting for you in the morning. Right. Well, I kind of, I had to be like, listen, Joe, I think it was magic that he had when he was a kid. And so he wanted to perpetuate that for ours. And I'm like, I support you. But this guy is squarely in your corner. Yeah. Like if that sucker doesn't leave in the morning, (laughs) 
uh, don't look at me. Yeah. You, you explain to them what's going on with Mr. Elf. And I was like, and I also need you to think about the long game. Like when our kids have a million soccer games in six years, I don't know. Are you going to still be dedicated to this elf? Because this is your elf pal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The elf, the elf, it's, it's once it pops, the fun don't stop. Like you can't well, just do elf and then have, next year. No. Yeah. We also, all three of us have firstborns that hyper fixate. So it's like, there is no way I could like half ass uh, elf on the shelf with Wyatt. And it would be would clocked go. immediately. It clocked immediately. Right. Like, no, once, yeah. And I think that like, it's all those decisions, big and small. Like we're talking about an elf, but sometimes I also think it like goes back to bigger things. Like I'm actually going to carve out this time in my afternoon to go to a yoga class because that's what I need for, for mm-hmm. me. And that might mean that my inbox is slightly less organized compared to how I like it. And I just, I just kind of have to chalk it up to say like, this is this is fine. You know, mm-hmm. this is, this is okay for me right now. And I think that that bleeds into like one of the other things we were talking about is being intentional with our time and resources in inside, <clears throat> inside of the, you know, what we're doing with our kids and then outside of our kids, like what we're doing for us. And I think a beautiful example that like truly I think about often Leah is so Angela, Angela and I had hosted a conference. And so we are all at a hotel. Leah had just had a baby. I mean, fresh. And we are all, I think we were like by the pool or something. And I was like, Hey, where's Leah? And Angela goes, Oh uh, yeah. Her husband brought her baby up. This was her second, brought her baby up to the hotel um, to breastfeed. And I was just like, what a badass that like she is carving out this time with a baby to be here to fill her cup and to make it work. She is having her husband bring up her baby to breastfeed and then like left with the baby again. Leah didn't say a word about it. Like it was not like she comes out and she's like, oh my gosh, this is so hard, like being a mom, which it is. And that would have been valid. But I just, I'm constantly inspired by the way that you will take care of yourself in ways while momming and being intentional about that. Cause I think that a story that is kind of hard for me within the motherhood spaces, the narrative of like, I don't have enough time and yes, we can't have it all, but it's like kind of the story you want to tell yourself of what your time means And I thought that that was just a perfect example of like, there would be a lot of moms and that is valid to be like, this is too hard. I can't go do this for myself or whatever. And you're like, I'm going to do this for myself and I'm going to make this work within the reality of the stage that I'm in. Oh, totally. And I mean, like I'm a product of like a couple of years of therapy. Like after my first, I remember being like, how, how does the world remain populated? (laughs) How do we all continue to agree (laughs) to do this? And it, it is, it is never the exact image of what I, you know, had thought, you know, like I always like say like, oh, that wasn't on my bingo card for this week, you know? Um, but you figure it out. And, and honestly too, like even every day there's a different, you know, push pull, whether it's, I'm going to invest this time for myself. I'm going to have the space for me spiritually, or, Hey, you know what? I can actually see my husband's falling at the bottom of the list. And so I'm going to keep going to make sure that I can, you know, spend time with him today. Like what, what is, what is my angle? And I think friendships is a really tough one with mom. You have to, you have to really push yourself to schedule that time and be more structured. Um, I'm definitely, I I guess like very Pisces energy in that pre-baby I flowed through life. It's like, oh, if I felt, if I felt a feeling I'm going to show up and now Mm -hmm. I have to plan a lot more. And that's new for me and a little bit uncomfortable. Um, so I'm becoming better friends with my calendar. But yeah, I mean, but, I, I but even this, cool. like, I just, I feel like you're constantly pushing through this idea of not having time or having time because even with this, we are hopping on this pod before she has to go to an appointment. Like, she had an hour and she came over to Angela's house and we were like, should we record? And we we're like, let's do it. And I just think that that's so beautiful. You know, when people have this narrative of like, oh, I'm a mom, I can't podcast or I'm a mom, I can't, you know, go see friends or I'm a mom, you know, whatever. And, and redefining what that is. Cause you're like, all right, let me hit this before I have to hit my next thing. And you're still finding this way of 
let me, you know, pour into well, my friends. Let me, let me, you know. let me make it clear to you. Leah is a good ass friend. She is a really, really good friend, sometimes to the detriment Aww. of her own self-care. And so the basis of this is that she came over to bring me a coffee on the day that she has off of work. And so like, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that, like, when she came to do the Virgin Hotel like experience with us, it was also like to support our project. And I feel like that's mm -hmm. like such the pulse of who she is. And so anyways, I had to brag on her a little bit, but I do think that like abstaining your female friendships does become more work and more dedication to the calendar, like Leah had mentioned, and maybe less romantic as far as like the actual like logistics of it, but more romantic in the sense of like what it takes to create. And, and so, what it means, like it means so much. Yeah, yeah. you guys are giving me major warm fuzzies right now. Aww, well, and I we want to wrap you fuzzies. I'm sitting here rocking my second born, and Leah has like been here through like the the early early days of me welcoming a second child, and I just I'll never you'll never forget who was there for you in postpartum. It's mm -hmm. it's like similar to when somebody passes in your life and you're like I remember who was there for me, big or small, like texting me or showing up like it doesn't matter the the way that it it looks, but it's just like you remember the people that were there for you. And um if well, I had one piece of advice, if you haven't had children and you're thinking about it, like definitely like give some TLC to the moms that are in that early stage because you will you will need that back and not that it's like tit for tat they're going to return it but just like good karma honestly of like yeah it's a really tender time and so it just it helps to feel like you've got people that are behind you in that time well and it's funny too I'm the first thing I remember about when Angela had her second my first piece of advice to her was I was like hey grab that baby and like let's binge some tv and like let's lay in bed like I, I think I have a manic episode. So, well, I mean, besides, besides <laughs> yeah, that, she was though, off the rails, but <laughs> I, I did. I had several people approach me that I did. Yes, I did have a, a skate with mania, but we are back down. So that's good. But I mean, in general, though, like, I think whenever you, especially when you have a your first baby or depending on your personality type, especially having a second, you feel like you've got this other kid, you've got to go, 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 or you've got a career. And I was like, hey, yo, I just came out of this phase my best advice is to like eat this up because you're going to be so mm -hmm. heartbroken when it leaves you. And both of you, both of you are chronically busy. Like Kendall, you are busy. Whenever you had your second baby, I was like looking at you. I was like, dang, she's about to start a new job. Like, is she okay? Is she going to be okay? <laughs> I know Leah literally <laughs> sent me a book in the mail. Um, that was like, uh, the ruthless elimination of hurry. And I was like, like, I know no this is a mom love. who be knowing. She's like, sweetly, sweetly, like, let's consider relaxing a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because, and I, it's honestly impressive. And I think like, okay, let's say you're a first time mom who like, this is your first go at it and you're overwhelmed and you've had a traumatic birth. You've had a tough baby and they take one look at you, Ken, they might be like, I'll never be like her, but they don't know your story. They don't know behind the scenes like mm -hmm. what you've deprioritized to make this all happen mm -hmm. um, and and what kind of support you have to make it happen. You just look like you have it all from their vantage point. And I think everybody shares yeah. that across each other. And I think that something that is not talked about that is real is when you deprioritize things, there will be disappointments. And that was very difficult for me Um of being like, I actually don't have the bandwidth for every single thing I care about. I'm not talking about the things I don't even care about. The things I care about, some of those things had to drop and that caused disappointments in certain family relationships, certain friendships, um, where I'm like, I want to have endless hours. Like I have so much I want to give and I can't, I cannot do it all. And I think that that was difficult where certain friendships or certain activities or certain things that people counted on me for, I had to step back from. And that's something that I still struggle with, uh, is disappointing the people who want a bigger piece of something I have to give. And, and I'm not saying that that is unique to me. I think that that's across the board for mothers of, um, trying to give yourself grace of the ways that you can't have it all and you can't balance it all. And, um, so I think the things that I have prioritized are 
are the things that keep my life running in a way that's as manageable to me as I can have it, but I, I can't, I can't do it all. And it makes me sad, but it also trims a lot of fat of things that I was pouring energy into. And I still have to edit, like I still have to cut things out or whatever, but it it made me, yeah, have to give a lot of things up that I was giving energy into that no longer fit into my lifestyle in a way that I'm not going to like have a mental breakdown, you know? I think it also helps that you're an excellent communicator and I have had to really push myself because I, I feel like I would always try to show up everywhere. At one point, I remember telling my therapist, this is before kids, I was like, I feel like I wear a mask everywhere I go and I'm changing my mask every day to be the right, to show up to the right, as the right thing, to the right mm-hmm. place. And I feel like I'm showing up 400 places and I'm failing at all of them. And she was like, who told you you're failing? And I like had that moment where I was like, nobody. Oh, nobody. Yeah, I remember a, I remember the moment that a therapist told me like, Angela, I think that you might be struggling with perfectionism. And I was like, ha, have you seen my house? And like immediately discredited it. And um, then I had to sit with it and was like, oh, maybe it's that mentally I'm a perfectionist as far as like not giving myself any slack ever, like always feeling like I could have done better. And part of that is like what drives people forward. But the other part is like, probably not healthy (laughs) yeah and I think like now that we kind of have this like stock of this like we have a a redefined view of what that means like even though Kendall you're not showing up in places you want to be I think you're good at saying hey I wish I could but I can't take this on right now so it better sets the expectations Mm -hmm. of those around you and I mean this happens to me all the time at work like there'll be stuff that comes up where I'll be like hey I know I'm good at that but should I show up to that my boss actually she's um really really smart and she told me that she had worked with a career coach once and the career coach flashed a bunch of words on the screen um and she picked four it was like a values exercise and then they put verbs behind the four and so every time she gets a request at work or in life she runs it past her four values and if it oh i love that then she's like go but if it only hits two and and maybe it's something that she's like eh yeah, I could probably knock that out of the park. No big deal. She's actually really thinking, is it worth it against my values for what I'm looking to achieve? And then you just say no. Because if you don't say no, then someone expects something of you and then you fail and you feel bad about it. Yeah, saying no Mm -hmm. is crucial. Another thing that has been a really big light bulb is sometimes I will be like, oh, well, this won't take me that long. So I will equate like, oh, I can handle that. That's just like a X, Y, Z task, whether it is confide, like helping a friend through something or doing something for work or whatever it is, but compound, like putting those all together ends up taking, like something has to give. Cause at the end of the day, if I say yes to every single thing that I think, oh, it won't take me that long. That's always like the measuring thing that I met my measuring stick mm-hmm. at the end at once your day is ended, you are like, wow, what if I had cut just a couple of those and took 10 minutes to just like sit in the quiet or maybe like connect with my husband a little or, you know, kind of turning that priority wheel in a different way. Yeah. And and I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No. Oh, sorry. I thought you were done. Sorry. No, I am done. (laughs) Oh, You know, I don't have a plan when I start talking. <laughs> no, you're like, anyway, so then on Housewives of New Jersey, I'm getting. Well, can um, I just have to send you a photo of literally what we have going on here? Like, I, I can literally, from what I can hear, I'm like, I, I, you guys are doing the most out here. I'm like, and we've got a baby. And yeah, not only this, but I need everyone to know, like, they're sharing a corded headphone set. Yeah. And they've and, got the baby on my- the lap. I just sent you a photo and my dog is off. It, like Leah is patting the dog right off screen. <laughs> you had to get the dog to stop barking. <laughs> yeah. so, so if it's, you it's need, chaos over here. I think too, just for all moms, like just giving gratitude. I think you two are excellent at doing this, but that when a mom does show up, like, you know, just giving gratitude for that. And, you know, I had had a discussion with Angela, how like, one of my friends would voice memo, um, a lot. And, you know, I brought it up that I was like, this, this actually takes a ton of my energy. I was happy to do it, but she didn't even realize that was me like loving on her by giving her that time of my day. And so I think just showing the gratitude, like, okay, if, if a mom does show up for you 
energetically or in a physical way or whatever, just expressing the gratitude of understanding what that was um, in her day. And you two are really, really great at that. But that's just something that's been coming up to me too, is like really craving the, and maybe that's just ego to be like, can you please say thank you? But when you really give yourself to something, it just feels so good to even just hear like, thank you so much for your time. Oh, or gosh. thank you for doing that for me. Yes. Um, that's, that's huge. And it's been, it's fun. I feel like it's women give it to women a lot, especially like mom to mom. That's been a big conversation in my marriage where I'm like, can you just look at me in the face and just say, thank you for everything you do? And he'll be like, yeah, thanks. And I'm like, no, 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 that wasn't flourished enough. I need a written description of all the things I, I did. need and tears. <laughs> yeah. I often will talk for Nick. My and Nick is like a man of few words, but I will ask him like, "What's something that you love about me?" No repeat. <laughs> so he can't say something he said before. And like he just looks at me deer in the headlights. But it is true. Like you need that like vocal affirmation. At least I mean, I do, and that. Uh, I think that women, like you were saying, like I think women are just like naturally better at giving each other that love. But sometimes you need it from the person that has seen like the shredded, <laughs> stripped down version of motherhood the most. Well, and tell I me my crusty top bun is beautiful or leave. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yes, exactly. And I, it's so funny how like words of affirmation all of a sudden jump to the top of my love language list after having kids. Because I mean, as the mom, like you, you, you do so much. And I, I think everybody has a different role in relationship with their husband, depending on who's working where, or who's full-time, who's at home. So everybody's roles are different and everybody wants to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And it's funny too, like a common post kids, a common discussion between my husband and I is, is almost like a gridlock of words of affirmation where he'll, I'll be like, I need you to thank me. He's like, I need you to thank me. Cause I made the breakfast and I woke up early and I was like, okay, yeah, but like also me and we, we get into a rotation. Okay, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, thank you. But also thank me. And so we've had to really stop and make sure that we're intentional with each other. Um, and I think even that practice of doing that, in my marriage has made me give it out more to be like, oh, I see, I see you. I feel you. Um, I see the effort you made here and it means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Just like even hearing that tone, I'm like, oh so nice yes well and I I I mean I see you two do it for each other all the time like honestly like this pod in itself is a love like letter to like both of you to each other the commitment you guys give to each other here and then like woo woo school that was no small undertaking I mean we had people with kids we had people going through infertility we had people getting pregnant like you guys were all balancing a lot in that time and I think that 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 to me was like, wow, look at this commitment to friendship, but also the commitment to like women and like womankind. I feel like that mm-hmm. was like a big vibe of. Women. No, I think I think yeah. we're all very committed to women, like doing this journey together and creating space for everyone's experiences. And that is something that is a priority, you know, yeah. it was super and- divine feminine. Yeah. Okay. So when you were talking about, you know, with your partner and, and giving each other words of affirmation, and I would love to hear everyone's kind of take on working with your partner in the fact that parenthood, I mean, we're speaking specifically to motherhood, but parenthood is this partnership of, we've got to keep these, you know, little toots alive. So, you know, you, in every relationship that looks different of how, what pieces each person takes of the whole and what their role is within that. But I would love to hear kind of y'all's take on what that looks like in a partnership. I want to kick off by saying, I'm going to split my answer into from zero to one kids to one to two kids. So from zero to one, life wrecking, amazing, beautiful, but also it was like a whole new language that Nick and I had to speak as far as like handling the baby, talking to each other, communication style. Uh, Leah touched on like uh, your love language shifting. Touch used to be bottom of my list. Then it became up up high and then it became down again. Like if I was touched out. So like just allowing a lot of, movement in what kind of love you need from your partner and then communicating that communication obviously key and then Mm -hmm. one to two this is something I was really not realizing was going to happen 
and every marriage is different. Every parent journey is different. But for me, one to two ended up being Nick taking the toddler, me with baby. Um, and that was a lot more one-on-one, like us always having one child. So we were more apart parenting apart than we were parenting together one child. And so that was a whole nother new wave of different communication of like, do you want baby? Do you want big kid? And most of the time it was him with big kid, me with baby. And so that led to a lot of like new things for me, as far as like miss Lee and I've talked about this a lot, missing our older child. Mm. Like I Mm -hmm. did not expect to miss I didn't realize that that would hit me as, as it did, as far as like missing my just solo time with Wyatt, as much as I was loving nourishing this new baby and then feeling guilty on who did I spend quote more time with and all of that. So having a partner to bounce off and to kind of co-captain the ship with helps a lot. But, um, the last thing I want to say is Ken gave me this advice before I had the second kid, but I think it applies to any baby you're adding zero, one, two, three, four, five is before the new baby gets there, knowing you're about to go into like a hard marriage, uh, a hard marriage season, not like in a way of just, this is going to be hard and awful, but just, it's going to be different. It's going to change our equilibrium again and really dedicating time. Kendall was like hitting me over the head with this. They was like, go out to dinner with Nick, like be with him, talk about, we're about to head into the trenches together. And I love you. And like, we'll see, like, basically doing some pre-work before the baby got there and it just made put some deposits into the bank yes like put in some connection deposits because then once the baby's there things shift and one of you might be lower on the priority list and it just helps to have that base we didn't do that with the first kid you can't be as there's nothing you can really prepare for but for the second kid we did do that and um that had helped our marriage tenfold so that's my answer long-winded and all then what about you Um, yeah, I, I do think that that is an interesting transition going from one to two. I think, you know, from zero to one, like, I'm just going to say anyone who's having a kid, it really is. There's, you know, you can take advice or whatever, but everyone's life situation is so different and there's no way to fully prepare you for the, the big and the small differences. It's so layered and you've got to kind of figure it out on your own and, that is a a really hard thing to adjust every single relationship in your life all at once. When you go from one to two, you're kind of already in the flow of what the structure is, but it's still a change. Um, I felt like going from one to two was significantly easier than going from zero to one. It was still hard in its own way. And of course, now you've got different things shifting. I agree with the with the partnership, it's more one-on-one, like instead of you coming together, like, oh, we're giving the baby a bath or we're going out with the baby or whatever. Now it's like, can you run to Costco with Levi while I like stay back and breastfeed this baby? Like you're just kind of dividing and conquering. And I think, um, you know, someone could have a break with one and with two, you're either on two different kids, like where one's like trying to burn their hand on the stove and the other is like, you know, sucking on a shoe in the corner. Like you're just like trying to manage two for one to have a break. Clint's out of town this week at a conference. And so I'm manning both and, you know, but I'm glad for him to have that break, but it really is this like tapping in and out of, okay, who's on what? And how do we manage this? And I think it takes another level of communication. And again, I think in my partnership, it runs so much smoother with the gratitude of like, thank you so much, you know, for what you're doing on both ends, like for Clint of like, you know, thank you so much for your piece of this pie. And I think that the more that someone is feeling appreciated, they give more appreciation and I think that's been helpful in our marriage, but it is, it is difficult to manage, but I think it's a language you learn. I think that it's not something that you, any mother or any parent can expect to get from the get go. It's not something that's innately like, oh, duh, this is how you do it. And so I think it's just trying to give each other the grace of like, we're both learning how to manage each single part of our life and that we love each other. And I think coming back to like, we created this family out of the love that we have for each other. And because I loved you, we wanted to do this together. 
author and, and constantly coming back to that is like the pillar of you are my lover. Like you are the person that I chose to create my entire life around and trying to remember that in the times where you're divided or just like almost like roommate status at times where you're just like, okay, are you cleaning the dishes? Me like what's going, you know? And so, but that is the person that I chose and committed my whole life to the, the hard parts that we are going through is because we chose to do this out of the love that we have for each other, you know? Totally. I mean, it's funny, both of you touched on this, but like capital T for teamwork, like I, it's so funny. Like my partner was chosen. Like I knew that Joe was a modern man. He was going to help with everything. He was not going to be afraid to change a diaper. And I, it's so funny. Like when I look back at my like teens and like all the things I imagined of like relationships and what I wanted, it was like almost an immature view because then when I grew up and I was really thinking about what it looks like to have a future with someone. Oh no. Yeah. We're, we've got we're like hitting five minute. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we have the five minute warning. Um, I, it really came down to someone who's not a, like, they're not going to say like, oh, that's your role as the woman. And this is mine as a man. Um, I'm like so proud of like what a non-toxic masculine my husband is because I like, I could not do what I do if it were not for him. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I think that that's something to really drive home for those who are listening, you don't have kids and you're, you know, currently maybe dating or, you know, whatever this is, if you do want kids down the line, it really is something to consider in your partner. I think we've all been very blessed by picking partners who are great dads and involved dads. But like, if you do want to have kids looking for those qualities of, can you be a team player? And are you willing to like, be strong enough to go through these transitions beside me as a teammate? Yes. And it's, it's so much of an open line of communication. Like maybe your partner doesn't know how you need them to show up and you got to communicate that and they just need to be willing, you know? Um, yeah. Like Joe, Joe was never super great at soothing tiny, angry babies. That was definitely more me, but it didn't mean that he didn't wake up in the middle of the night too. Um, totally. And so I think we've all kind of figured out our flow now that we've been at this for a while, but when we in first had Elliot, I mean, it was, there were a couple of weeks there where I could tell like he was just really uncomfortable with a teeny tiny baby where I was a bit more in the flow. And mm-hmm. it was funny. I had a, a guy friend at work that was like, Hey, listen, the pump parts, that's his zone. That's a safe zone. He sees those dirty pump parts. He cleans them. Yeah. <laughs> and he, this is the pro he's like, show him how they all work. And then that way, like he can show up and deliver without being asked. Like it's a not, it's a non-delegation flow he just knows where to go. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, yes, that's right. I should send him in a path where he can feel comfortable and not dealing with as much unknown right now. Totally. Like play to each person's strengths. Also Joe really rocks. He soars in the toddlerhood. Yeah. He's yeah. He, I don't know. He's like, I, I, I don't know. My impression is that Joe came over and just immediately took Wyatt and Elliot upstairs and was doing like goofy dad stuff with them. And they were like cackling. And then me and Leah got to be downstairs with the baby. And it was like just immediate roles defined. Yeah. 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 And so I think he- that that's good to talk about. Cause it's like, even if for motherhood or fatherhood, I think that like wherever you are feels like it's forever, but you can actually have a phase of parenthood that you connect with more. Like, you know, I've heard that so many times when people ha- have a baby and they're like, oh, is it bad to say I don't like the baby phase? And some people like love the baby phase and then don't like the toddler phase. Like there are d- for different people's personalities, there's different times of parenthood that you're like, oh, this isn't my favorite or some that are like, okay, I've hit my groove. Like I love having a newborn or I love having a toddler or I love the preschool time, like whatever that is, you know? And so l- allowing yourself to be like, hey, this phase maybe isn't my favorite and that's okay a different phase is right and playing into everybody's strengths yes yeah yeah if I hadn't have chosen my team wisely I'd be I'd I'd have a different situation right now so I go team go team um okay I know we have to wrap up but I want to hear rapid fire the ways that you feel like you're the most grateful you've expanded in motherhood like a way that you're like oh I love this about who I am now that I have gone through this transition into motherhood. 
I've cared less about what people think of me, which was snaps needed. Like I just, I feel like that was so, that's a gift that keeps on giving and freeing in itself. And I hope to grow even more about not taking on other people's perceptions simply because I just don't have time and it's just not good for me or good for anyone. And so that has really been something I wasn't expecting it to get out, but I'm just like happy as here. I became more intuitive, like the like mother's instincts, like all of those things. I, the first time, first baby, I kind of was like tiptoeing in and not necessarily confident with the second one. I'm like, oh yeah, like I am divine. I am the mother. Like I, I feel like I flow with that. And then it's connected me more to deeper spiritual things like you guys both are like amazing at journaling but that was never really my bag like I have a million and one like half started journals from like age six on and I found that the investment in intuition and feeling like beyond just like cracking through a to-do list which is usually like how I operate I'm a lot closer to like feelings and um just like more depth in that way, which is very personal. It's very, for me, I don't know that everyone around me experiences it as much, but it's a part of myself that unlocked. And with each baby, I had this like major creative moment. It would really flow. And I, it's so intangible, but it was honestly my favorite part. Yeah. I think mine is my empathy and softness has grown significantly. Like I feel so much softer and my, like even how I dress or how I show up in the world, I think is so much softer within like a strength. Like I feel almost strong enough to be soft, if that makes sense. Like I think before I I didn't feel strong enough to allow myself to be soft. And now I feel strong enough to allow myself to show up in the world in a way that is very like soft and intentional and um empathetically to others you know I love to see it Ken it's been amazing look at us look at us all go look at look at us go um Leah thank you so much for popping on and like I said we'd love for this to be a series of talking through different aspects of motherhood with different moms and this is something that clearly a lot of the people listening are really interested in and something that we would love to continue talking about. So I really appreciate your time, Leah. And thank you so much. I know you guys had to wrangle an actual zoo to make this happen. And I'm just so pumped we got on mic and I got to talk to y'all. It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See you guys Toodles. next time. Toodles. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. That's a wrap from your girls, Kendall and Ange. Thank you for listening. Send this to somebody that you think will like it. XOXO, the unpolished girlies. Bye-bye.